Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today we're going to talk about parables, and, and if you were with us last week, we kind of talked about what parables were. We talked about how most of the messages that Jesus shared, actually one-third, let me fix that, one-third of all of the lessons that Jesus shared were in the form of parables. He, he, he spoke often in parables, primarily to people who were uh, non-believers, and, and so we talked about uh, the importance of him using the parables and how he took uh, uh, something relevant to the current culture and used that to show them a deeper truth and how the word of God was relevant even in their lives. And so today, uh, last week also I shared with you, if you didn't get that parable, the most important parable there is, the very first parable that Jesus shared, you wouldn't get any of his messages, not just his parables, but if you didn't understand that particular parable, you wouldn't get any of his messages. And that particular parable dealt with understanding that all, just I'm summing it up, all you need is God's word, plain and simple. All you need, you don't need anything else, you don't need a pastor, you don't need friends, you don't need, you need God's word and that could get you through. Today, I want to share with you a message about what stirs God's heart. What stirs God's heart? And, and, and in that little video, that intro there, you saw that, that there were three key things in, in, in this particular scripture that Jesus focused on, three different scenarios to focus on one key message. And what stirs God's heart is people that are lost or disconnected. That's a big deal to him. And, and, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, our family service is just a little bit different than our normal service. We're going to have a whole lot more video interaction today. Um, I don't mind if the kids yell back to me, just, you know, not all the time. Okay. Uh, you know, just a few words here and there. That's fine. But uh, certainly this is going to be a little bit laid back, a little bit more fun. So we're going to have some video, then I'm going to speak. We'll have some video, then I'll speak, and then I'll summarize everything. The first thing I want to point out to you all is in Luke 15, the focus is on lost people. I'm just going to summarize this. Jesus was speaking to a bunch of, uh, the Bible says he was speaking to a group of tax collectors, and other sinners. If you read the Bible, Luke 15, it says, Jesus was speaking to a bunch of tax collectors and other sinners. Back then, they looked at tax collectors as worse than sinners. So Jesus is speaking to to, to this group of people. And so people are wondering, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders at the time are saying, you know what? Why are you spending 
so much time with these people? Why are you hanging out with these people? And let me tell you what happens in Luke 15 that doesn't happen really often in the Bible. Something very peculiar happens with Jesus. Several things I want to point out. The first thing is he actually, he actually is speaking to Pharisees and Sadducees. And what I mean by that is when he spoke in parables normally, he was speaking to the masses. But in this instance, something peculiar happens. He finds it necessary to use a parable to explain himself, which is the second peculiar act that Jesus does. He doesn't do this. He doesn't have to explain who he is and why he's here to some religious folk. But he pauses and says, you know what? Let me explain myself to you know-it-alls. Do you know it all? You guys know all the religious law. You've mastered it. You are the geniuses when it comes to it. But let me pause and explain myself to you just this one time, the same way that I speak to these people that you say I shouldn't speak to. And so the very first thing he shares with them is the story of lost sheep. I want to play a video for you all. We don't have popcorn, but pretend you got some. Sit back and enjoy this video. hanging out with these sinners? Why are you hanging out with these notorious tax collectors? Luke 15, 3 says this. Jesus told them this story, the story you just saw. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will you do? Won't you, won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, He will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, this is deep. Let me tell you why this is really extra deep. This is how deep Jesus was. Not only did he decide to use sheep to speak to these Pharisees, you got to understand, even though these were, 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 were religious leaders, these guys who understood religious law, they also had some wealth. Now, wealth back then was not like wealth that you and I know. Like if I pulled out a wallet today and pulled out a dollar bill, that's some form of wealth. That was currency. Well, currency back then was livestock. Currency back then was the amount of livestock you had. So Jesus is saying, you religious leaders who love your law and love your money in the form of livestock, if you lost one, wouldn't you stop the machinery? Wouldn't you stop the production? Wouldn't you just say, hold up, everything stop. Let me go find my money. Because that's what they're saying. They're not saying, let me go find my sheep. They're saying, let me go find this thing that has so much value to me, that is so important. Everything must stop so that I can find it. And then when they find that, that, that currency, that sheep, that livestock, that thing that matters to them most, oh, they have a party. If I was to say to you all today, hey, earlier today when I came in, some change fell out my pocket. I think I lost a nickel. I don't think any of you will be anxious to find it, especially if I say, if I, and if you find it, you can have that nickel. No, no, nobody would move. They'd be like, oh, whatever. But if I was to say, hey, earlier I was uh, helping set up, and I had about $300 bills, crisp, brand new, the colorful kind, $100 bills in my pocket, and all three of them fell out. If you find them, you may keep them. Y'all wouldn't pay attention to what I'm saying. 
Y'all be fighting over who going to find the money. Am I right about it? Y'all don't have to tell me. I already know. Thank you, son. Man, I love my Santiago's. Truth of the matter is, if I said there's money, real money, not monopoly money, not fake money, I'm not imagining this, I lost it, but I tell you what, if you find it, you can keep it, everybody would flip this place upside down, looking for it. And I know the kids would be the first ones to jump on it because they've already spent it. They, they, they're thinking Pokemon, they're thinking video games, they're thinking other things, you know, they're thinking stuff that they, but parents, y'all, y'all going to think about it first and y'all don't want to embarrass yourself and be crawling around on the floor to get that money. And the truth of the matter is God sees us that same way. When I say lost, when he defines people as lost or lost sheep, you got to understand what he's saying. He's not saying, he's not just speaking about sinners. He's talking about people who are lost. When you are lost, what are you doing? You are searching. Am I right about it? When you're lost, you're searching. You're either searching for your way home or you're searching for something that will fulfill a certain void in your life. And God is, is desperate. His heart beats strongly for people that search for other things to fulfill voids in their life other than him. The Bible tells us that our God is a jealous God, and he is. He is. And that's why he's searching desperately, endlessly for people that are disconnected, that are lost, that are searching for something other than himself. The Bible goes on and tells another parable Jesus uses. The Bible says in uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 8, says this, watch this. I love this part. By the way, let me explain sheep again real quick. This is really good. I've, I left off some good stuff here. Sheep, this is the other thing you got to understand. This is good. Sheep are pack animals. In other words, sheep are pack animals. They get their identity from the pack, from the herd. They get their direction from their shepherd, but they get their identity from the pack. We know other pack animals, don't we? Cows are pack animals. They get their identity from the pack. In other words, if one cow moves to graze over here, the other cows are going to follow because they feel that they're missing out. Am I right about it? If, if one sheep goes over here to graze, the other sheep are going to follow because they feel they're missing out. The shepherd leads them to where they should go to get the best of it. Here's the part y'all, 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 y'all got to get. Humans are pack animals. Oh, y'all don't like that, do you? We are pack animals. I'm going to tell the truth this morning, Will. We are pack animals. In other words, I want to go where everybody else is going. I want to go and see what they're doing so that I can get what they're getting. I, w- I don't want to miss out. But oftentimes what happens is, just like the lost sheep, we stray away from the pack. And when we stray away from the pack, we find ourselves lost and searching for stuff to fill that void of being absent from the pack. And what we do is when we're absent from the pack, we begin to eat from the pastor that is dead. Yeah, I don't have to agree with that this morning. When we stray from the pack, because we humans are pack animals, when we stray, we begin to eat from grass that is not good. Matter of fact, we don't eat grass, we eat weeds. Grown folk will get that. 
And these weeds that we're chewing on can be hallucinogens. Okay. Can I talk just for a little bit this morning? We begin to eat from the wrong pasture because we didn't allow a shepherd to guide us to the grassiest knoll. We didn't allow the shepherd to drive us or, or guide us to the healthiest water. And instead of drinking water, we were drinking unpure wine. We'll get that in a minute. Humans, just like cows, just like sheep, are pack animals. And we get our identity from the pack. Now, if you are associated in the wrong pack, chances are you look like the pack that you're hanging out with. I will go deeper another day, but I don't want this to go over the kid's head. Kids, your pack looks like the people you hang out with in school. Your pack looks like the crew that you hang out with even in church like my mosaic dancing divas back here, right? Your pack looks like, like the people that you associate with outside of, your, outside of everything. So in other words, you go to school and you're hanging out with all the knuckleheads, but you're a straight-A student, guess what the people that are around you are going to think of you? They're going to think you're a knucklehead. Why? Because your pack is a, is a pack of knuckleheads. Right? If, you, if you're a great kid, you're on an honor roll, you're doing phenomenal things, you get all kind of awards, but you're hanging out with a whole bunch of failures and kids that are not doing what you're doing, what do you think the general population is going to think of you? That you're a troublemaker. Why? Because the pack that you are a part of are a pack of troublemakers. So what, I'm, what, I'm, what are you trying to say, Pastor B? What I'm trying to say is... Don't go out there trying to get with a pack on your own. Let the shepherd guide you to the pack you belong in. And that pack could be your church. It could be people that are like-minded. Let, let me go on to Luke 8. Watch this. Luke 15, verse 8 says this. He gives them another parable. He doesn't do this normally. This is not how Jesus operates. He don't, he don't like tag you back to back to back with stories he normally don't do that especially to a bunch of religious leaders he's like why waste my time on these cats they're not gonna get it anyway but he's like let me hit them with three the trinity oh that's good let me hit them with three watch this luke 8 10 15 8 through 10 says this I'll, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will uh, call her friends and neighbors and say, hey, rejoice with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. I've mentioned earlier the example about money. And many adults, did, you know, just sat quietly like, I, you know, that's cool. Let me tell you about these 10 coins. Because, you know, back then, this was a big deal. Let me tell you how much of a big deal this was. Every bride, every Palestinian woman, because this is the area, the, ge the ge ge uh, geographical area that, that he was ministering to. Back then, when a woman got married as part of her dowry, and young folk, kids who don't understand that, I'll explain it to you in a minute. Part of her dowry was to receive 10 coins, 10 rare silver coins. And to lose just one would be the very direct equivalent 
of losing your wedding band. The diamond that your husband bought for you, the bling that you wear on your finger to say, I'm attached. It would be that detrimental. And for this woman to lose just that one, she flipped the house upside down. Because why? Why? It had one monetary value. It was worth something. Second part, reason why she would flip the house upside down, it had sentimental value. If I lose that, then, 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 you know, that's a big deal because this is part of the, the identity of who I am as a, as a married woman. Here's a third part. Because she lost that, she loses a part of her identity. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to her. This is why she flips the house upside down because now all of a sudden, because if they see her and she don't have 10 coins, or let me say it this way, uh, if they see a, a married woman without a ring, it's easy for people to make assumptions. My wife always goes crazy when she goes to the supermarket with the kids. Watch this. When she goes to the supermarket with the kids and forgets her ring. She looks young. She's got four kids on her arm and don't have a ring. And y'all know people look at you funny that way. Come on, y'all don't, don't pretend y'all don't. They look. So she's like, they're looking at me funny. They don't think I'm, I'm they think I'm, 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 I'm all by myself with these little kids. And I look like I'm a teenager. And they think I'm a teenager with, with a whole bunch of kids unmarried. Those are the eyes she feels on her. And this is, the, this is what this woman, this is the crisis that this woman is dealing with when she lost her one coin. Like now they're going to judge me and say, look at this woman. She's unmarried. It's a big deal that I find this. And once I find this, I find my identity again. And now I can walk around boldly and probably and say, uh-uh, I got my 10 coins. I'm a married woman. Don't you dare judge me. It's a big deal. And it's a big deal to God. Those coins represented not only the monetary value, but they also had sentimental value and value that also gave her an identity. There, there's another parable that I want to share with you. I want you to watch this film real quick. This is one of my favorite parables. This is really funny. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Watch this film. I love that story. That's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. You know why it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible? Because just like that young man, you know, many of us have received so much from God. He's blessed us beyond anything we could ever imagine. I mean, I know you're not exactly where you want to be right now. I know that things can always be better. Everybody could use just a little bit more of everything, right? A little bit more money, a little bit more house, a little bit more time, a little bit more of everything. But do you know God has blessed us so much and we have so often turned our backs on him? Now, I know some of y'all say, I've never done that. I, listen, I've never turned my back on God. I'm sure, I get it, you know. You're still holy. But some of us stop praying as much as we used to. We stop opening our Bible as often as we used to. And, and God forbid, you know, worship music. We just don't even worship like we used to. We don't even get involved in our local church like we used to. We've turned our back on God so often and the beautiful part about this entire story is that no matter how often we've turned our back on God, no matter what we've done in the world that we may think is not pleasing to God or what society tells us God is not pleased with, God is still standing on the road waiting and looking and saying, I see him coming. 
Let's go ahead and celebrate. I see you coming back. Let's go ahead and 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 and, and get the best beef that we can get let's go on ahead and prepare a feast let's go ahead and put some jordans or or whatever on his feet let's give him the best gear that we can i want him to dress. i want to celebrate the fact that you came back i don't care what you did before you came back all i care about is that you're back you're safe you're sound it's cool this morning uh one of our volunteers uh faithful volunteers was was late Showing up this morning. And, and, and so we, you know, that's when my wife says, hey, call so-and-so. Find out what's going on. And, and so-and-so came and, and, and began to explain why they were late. And I said, listen, no, 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 I don't care about that. I just want to make sure you're all right because you're faithful. You're, just, you're here before everybody else. So when I don't hear from you and you're this late, I just want to make sure you're okay. So I'm like almost like God. I'm standing on a roll waiting. And when I see that that person was okay, I'm like, Oh, God is good. Everything's all right. I don't care why you're late. I don't, and God is saying, I don't care what you did in the past. And here's what happens. God blesses us. Some of us have found ourselves on our knees begging, God, please, if you don't get me out of this situation, if you don't respond right now, I don't know what the outcome will be. And God says, okay, you ask, here you go. Bam. And all of a sudden we get the blessing and nowhere in there do we pause and say thank you. And, and, and if we do say thank you, we're not telling anybody how he blessed us. It's just our little secret in God that God blesses. I'm not telling anybody about it. Nobody hears your testimony. But you're, you're, you're celebrating. You get, the, you get the rewards of what God has done, but you've turned your back on him. And he's still saying, that's okay. That's, I, I know your heart. I know deep down in there somewhere in one of those chambers is room for me. And when you realize how important I am in your life, you'll come back and I'll be okay with that. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to shake my finger at you. Matter of fact, I'll bless you again. It's amazing because watch this. As parents, <laughs> it's hard sometimes when our children do things that we don't want them to do, that we've taught them time and time again not to do. And when they do that thing to shame them, to shame God, and to shame your family, y'all know what I'm talking about. You just like, I know you know, you don't have to raise your hand, son. It's, it's, it's hard to just be like, you know, and they want to crack a joke. It's like, I can't, don't crack no joke with me. I want to crack your forehead right now. Okay. I don't do that. Don't call the people on me. But you get what I'm saying? You're disappointed. We are not even as forgiving as God is to us. We are not even with our closest blessings. We are not even forgiving like that with our spouses. We are not even forgiving like that with our friends, with, with family members. We are not as forgiving. Some of us are still holding grudges from things that happened 10 years ago. And it's holding you down. It's like a doggone virus that continues to just take over your heart. And God is saying, forgive them. Because one day, they'll be just like that prodigal kid. And they'll come running back home. But because of your lack of forgiveness, they refuse to even come anywhere near a place called church. It got quiet in here. Because y'all are guilty as I am. Here's the thing. We have all received so much from God. And I, I say this often. I say this often. Somebody quoted it the other day. We, if you live in America, you are part of the 1% of the wealthiest people in the world. If you have access to running water, 
Everybody in here does. If you have more than one change of clothes, uh, everybody in here does. If you have a list, like just two outfits, you're good. If, if, if you have a roof over your head, everybody in here does. Watch this. Even if you have, watch this. I'm not saying you have transportation. If you have access to form of public transportation of any kind, you are among don't take my word, research it. The 1% of the world's wealthiest people. It's amazing that God has blessed each and every one of us to be in this country to have access to so much. Free education. Our kids go to school for free. Well, it's tax money, so to speak. But, I mean, technically speaking, we don't have to go out there and pay a tuition for our kids to go to a public school. They get to get up in the morning, hop on a school bus that drives them prayerfully, safely to school, picks them up, drops them back off again at your house safely. And it didn't cost you anything. You didn't have to raise money. You didn't have to get a loan for that to happen. All you had to, and watch this, even if you're unemployed, your child gets to still go to school. So if you say, well, I didn't pay any taxes, so what? It doesn't matter. Your child still gets to go to school. Do you know that doesn't happen in the world? Public education is not a worldly benefit. It's certainly an American benefit. And oftentimes we complain about it. We complain about what God has done for us. It's not enough. Okay, okay, I beat y'all up enough. Y'all getting too quiet. Y'all getting me nervous in here, getting so so quiet. Let me tell you something about this, 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 how low this guy went. Jesus spoke in parables to break it down to these religious leaders because they didn't get it. Here's what he did. He says, I'm going to speak to y'all and I'm going to include stuff in your law that would even make you go ill. And here's what the Mosaic law, not Mosaic church, Mosaic meaning Moses. Here's what the Mosaic law said. This is why Jesus is so good when he tells these stories. Mosaic law said that pork the pig, swine, was so filthy, so disgusting, so nasty that you couldn't even get near it. You couldn't touch it. You certainly could not eat it. And Mosaic law said, don't even go near swine. Don't get near it. And Jesus tells the story, he says, the kid spent all of his daddy's money to the point where he had to work mm, with pigs, which is against y'all's law. This is how far away he went and did all of this stuff, but then came home and his daddy still loved him. He spent the money. He broke the law. He was wild. He did whatever, but his daddy still loved him. Here's the other part of the story you got to get. The story says that his father saw him coming. He saw him from far away. How could he see him from far away if he's working? The story says, I'm going to break it down to you. This means that the daddy was showing up to the road every day expecting his son to return. Let me share something with you. God is expecting every one of us to someday return. And he is standing on the road right now waiting and looking and praying and hoping and waiting and praying and hoping and waiting and praying and hoping and ready to celebrate the minute you come down that road to come back and fellowship with him. Oh. And that's what I'm saying for all of us to get today. Even the little ones. Listen, kids, 
A lot of times you all think that we set rules to punish you. But let me clarify something. Every kid needs, I need your ear. This is very important. I think you'll change how you see your parents moving forward. Listen up. Parents don't set rules to punish you. We set rules to protect you. Rules are set as boundaries, not cages to hurt you. We're trying to protect you from stuff that you don't even know that's going to harm you. Stuff physically that can hurt you. Stuff emotionally that can hurt you for a very, very, very long time. So when mom and dad says, no, you can't do a certain thing, it's not to punish you. It's to protect you. Because, baby, you don't know what this one thing could do to you, whatever that is. When we say it's time for you to go to bed early, it's not so we can just have a good party. Listen, the party doesn't start when you go to bed. Don't think that y'all missing something because we tell y'all to go to bed early. We're trying to protect you. Do you know that if you go to bed and get a full eight hours of sleep, get up in the morning and have a nutritious breakfast, you know how much more you can learn? You know how focused you'll be in school? We're trying to protect you. We're not trying to hurt you. So get that. Rules are in place to protect you, not punish you. Y'all got that? Say, thanks, mom and dad. Come on, kids. Say, thanks, mom and dad. Y'all, oh, y'all don't get it. Okay. When we say you can't play the video game all day long, we're trying to tell you we don't want your brain to be fried from video games. We want you to pick up a book and read. How many of y'all know what this is right here? Tell me, y'all know what this is right here, right? Huh? What is that? That's a push-up, right? Ha, ha, look, ain't the form right? Huh? <laughs> That's a push-up, right? And if I, do, if I do a bunch of those, what do you think will happen? I will get stronger, right? I will build up stamina. I will get stronger if I do a bunch of those. And look at I'm not even winded, chosen. So you would, you would, I would build up my muscles, and, and my son said I would build up my endurance, right? So imagine if I picked up a book every night and read for one hour. Imagine instead of, imagine if I said, I'm going to play the video game for two hours. And then I said, you know what, but I'm going to read for three. What, what am I building up? My memory, my mind becomes stronger. It becomes refreshed. And guess what else? Chances are I'm going to find something new. I'm going to discover something I didn't discover before by reading this book. So in the same way I have to do push-ups, the same way I got to do jumping jacks and run and lift weights and do all these things, the same way I have to eat right, well, you also have to read because you got to keep this strong and intact. Amen. Y'all got that, kids? This is why it's important. So when we say don't play the video game all day, we want you to read because we want your brain to be the strongest muscle you have, not this. Amen. Amen. Good, good. Y'all getting some of this, kids? I know grown folks might be getting it. Let me break this down in summary. Three things, and then we're going to call it. Worship team, y'all can get ready to come. This is going to be a real quick three things. Watch this. So, Jesus breaks this down to these religious leaders. Three different ways. He talks about the lost sheep. He talks about the lost coin. And then he talks about the lost son. Let me tell you what the three observations of this particular chapter of Luke is all about. Ready? The sheep represent 
God's people. The sheep represent God's people. The coin represents their value, the people's value. And here's the third part right here. Here's the third part. Worship team, y'all can come. I'm I'm rapping right here. The third one. The lost son represents God's relationship to his people. The third one represents God's relationship to his people. In other words, he's saying, you guys are very valuable to me. You guys are rare. I don't care if all of y'all are in here. I care about the one that's not. Here's a part of the story that we all need to get. The story of the lost son, the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Here's the part we need to get. The father represents God in that story. The youngest son represents people who are not a part of church, who are not a part of a relationship or with God. Not part of church, but part of a relationship with God. The oldest son, who we never talk about, y'all know who he represents? The church. He represents the church. He's the one that was already doing everything daddy told me to do. He said the right things. He believed the right things. But at the end of the day, it was his knucklehead brother who ran away, spent all of the money, hung out with pigs that was celebrated. And a lot of us are like the oldest son in the church. We focused on the internal when God says clearly, I need you all to be focused on the external. If you are in this room, you probably nine times out of ten, you already got it. But there are people that are outside of these walls, outside of these buildings, outside in this community that you and I know personally that need to get it. And we can't be that older son and upset when the program and in the church doesn't fit around us. We can't be like the older son in this parable that says, you know what? I'm tired of setting up and doing this on Sunday. It's wearing on me. Because that's what the older son's doing. Wow, I'm not going to go out there and get and kill a, a, a delicious, delicious piece of beef for this fool. He went out there and blew the money, Pop. And we're like that. I'm not going to keep setting up, setting up, and every week it's empty in here. And God is saying, celebrate one. If it's just one, celebrate like, like it's 1999, like Prince said. We're past that, but y'all get what I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. All right, now. It's a party for real. We need to celebrate. Amen. Our worship team is going to come, and then I'm going to come back with some Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.